Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Meet Gail. Her thing is being a super mom. And super mom has a lot on her super-sized plate. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. But at Walmart Pharmacy, super mom recently got her whole family updated on all their vaccines. We knocked it out during a grocery run. No appointment. That's Next Level Supermom. From pneumonia to shingles, HPV, and more, get no-cost vaccinations from an expert pharmacist where you already shop. Welcome to an easier pharmacy. Welcome to your Walmart. $0 copay with most insurances. State age and health restrictions may apply. Hello and welcome to Money Girl, a podcast that helps you master your money so you can live rich and love the journey. My name is Laura Adams. I'm a personal finance expert and award-winning author of several books, including Money Girl Smart Moves to Grow Rich. You can learn a lot more about me at lauradadams.com. I'm really excited about today's show. I've got a great interview for you with Kim Palmer. She's a fellow personal finance writer and author. She's published several books and was the senior money editor at U.S. News & World Report for nine years. Her most recent title, Smart Mom, Rich Mom, is coming out in June 2016. If you're a parent or are considering having kids, I think you're going to get a lot out of this interview, this conversation with Kim. And you know what? Even if you're a guy, I think you'll get a lot out of it as well. The bottom line is that kids are expensive. And having them creates a lot of new challenges when it comes to career, budgets, and having financial goals. Some of the important issues that Kim and I talk about are what it really costs to raise a child and how to prepare for that financially. We talk about the pros and cons of having kids early or late in your career, how to find flexibility at work while also safeguarding your earning potential. We talk about saving for retirement and college despite increased expenses and how to create healthy habits and to make some hard decisions that will ultimately pay off big time. So here's my interview with Kim Palmer. Hi, Kim. It's great to have you on Money Girl. Thank you for having me, Laura. I'm so glad to be here. I want to congratulate you on your new book. I'm curious why you wanted to write about this topic. Well, I have written about money for about 10 years and I always noticed, especially after I became a mom, which was about six years ago, I always noticed that all of the sort of money advice aimed at moms was really limited to like couponing and household budgeting, saving money in relatively small ways, which is important. I'm definitely not saying that's not important, but there's so much more to the bigger picture of building wealth and making sure you're creating financial security for your family. And so I wanted to write about that, all that bigger picture stuff. So definitely I advocate and I'm a big fan of saving money on like a weekly and monthly basis basis with your household budget, but then also, in some ways, even more importantly, doing things like setting aside money regularly for your own retirement, for college savings, which is such a big priority for moms and parents in general, um, taking out the insurance you need to protect your family, so all of that big picture stuff, too. 
I'm not a mom, so I love talking to you about this topic. (laughs) The biggest challenge is that you've got increased expenses. You've got food, diapers, education, all the things that come with raising a child. But in many cases, families are also dealing with having less income, right? So maybe you want to stay at home for a few years to care for a child. Or maybe you take maternity leave, but a portion of it is unpaid. So you've got these conflicting financial issues. Yeah. Is that something you thought a lot about before having kids? Yeah, well, I'm so glad you brought that up because it's such a huge factor for moms. And so for me, I I totally struggled with this. And I think like a lot of moms and certainly like a lot of moms I interviewed for the book, as soon as I became a mom, I felt that conflict. On one hand, I was like, I want to work less so I can be home with my daughter and then later my son. But then on the other hand, we need more money, a lot more money. So it was like this competing pressure of needing more money and also needing more time. So all of all moms, of course, answer that differently. And I included the range of moms and the decisions that we make in the book. But what I really found as a overall theme is that the, the moms that really thought this through, even if they did scale back their working, so they're going to be earning less for a period of time when they're really engaged in raising their kids, even if they earned less for a period of time, they still stayed engaged in whatever they were going to return to later. So they still put time into networking, keeping up social media sites, just staying connected so when they were ready to go back to work, they could do that more easily. Because as we know, you know, we need more money when we have kids. And then also a lot of moms, either by choice or life circumstance, at some point we're going to be the the ones either supporting our family or at least managing our family's finances. I love the figure Fidelity always throws out that at some point in our lives, 90% of women will be solely in charge of managing our finances. And, you know, part of that is just because we live longer. Um, If we do have partners, male partners, we live longer. So it's so important for women to be in charge of their finances, and that includes earning. What strategies do you recommend to have more flexibility so you can balance kids and career more effectively? Yeah, I mean, this is something, I mean, I think about this every day because I'm like a lot of moms living it every day. I mean, I have a full-time job. I have two young kids. So I think one of the biggest things is to, number one, negotiate your flexibility along with your salary. So whenever you're shifting jobs, getting a new job, you have the power to not only negotiate your salary, which we should all do, but also ask for the flexibility you need. So that, for me, that was my second my second point of my conversation after I got the salary out of the way, I said, you know, I also I need to make sure I can leave by five every day because I have to get my kids from school when it's over. So asking for that and then after you ask for it and, you know, set that up with make sure you get the approval, you don't feel guilty about it. I think we waste so much time feeling bad. It's hard to walk out, you know, when everyone else in your office is still glued to their desktops and working just to walk out at five but or, you know, whatever time you need for you. But that's what, and we have to, we have to be find a way to manage both. And there's no reason to waste your energy feeling guilty about it. You said something that's really important negotiating with an employer at the beginning of the relationship. Yes. I think a lot of people squander that opportunity because they don't realize how much leverage they have 
at the beginning, before you start working for an employer, you actually have less leverage after you start working for them. A lot of people may say, well, we'll reevaluate you after 90 days or six months and increase salary based on performance. In a lot of cases, that may not pan out, not because the employer doesn't value you, but the organizational structure could change. Something within the organization with budgets could change. So it's super important that you are really happy with the childcare arrangement and your salary before you start working for, for an employer. Yes, I totally agree. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion, and they can really hold you back from living the life you want to live. Luckily, for those with allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This is a product designed for serious allergy sufferers. It's got two ingredients in one pill that relieve allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combo of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant relieves all the symptoms that you suffer. And what I love about Claritin D is that it starts working in as little as 30 minutes. Plus, it's non-drowsy, so you can still make the most of your day. I can take Claritin D and then get on the mic and record a podcast without being too congested. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador. True or false? Walmart has eye care. True. Stop by Walmart to save and browse top designer frames right where you already shop. And they accept most insurance. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Kim, do you have any thoughts about the pros and cons of having kids earlier in your career versus later? This is such an interesting question because while in general, the research shows that especially among professional women, the longer we wait, the more money we'll earn. Um, That is a pretty clear correlation, but there are some big exceptions to that. And in fact, some of the women that I interviewed that are especially are in um, training heavy fields. So for example, if you're in a field that requires going to graduate school, so you're in school well into your 20s or sorry, almost 30 even, then you could actually benefit from having kids earlier while you're still in school and having those young kids before you're actually in the super high demanding years of managing people or traveling a lot for work. And there's a really interesting, um, there's some really interesting research that actually suggests for women in these training heavy fields, your career can actually benefit by having young, young kids while you still are in graduate school or in training. So then once things really ramp up, um, one researcher called, called your 30s to 40s the make or break years, the years when you're really going all in and, you know, you might have to travel, 
you might have to manage a large team of people. It can be super helpful if your kids are sleeping through the night then and a little bit older um, in school so you're not as consumed with those early years. I mean, of course, you know, even elementary and teenager age kids need a ton of attention and care, but it's a little bit less exhausting than when you have like a newborn at home and you're up all night. So it can actually help um, in some cases to, you know, not wait too long <laughs> and to just think about that when you're planning your, your family and your career. Did having kids cause you to change your financial habits? Completely. I mean, I think it changed everything down to what I spend money on to how I plan for the future. The biggest thing that I was I was struck by when I first became a mom, when I first brought my daughter home, was just this kind of terrifying feeling of, of feeling how responsible I was, not just for her daily, you know, health and care, but just thinking, making sure I could always, we could always afford, um, you know, everything from food and housing to even just feeling responsible for her future education and college. So it just changed everything fundamentally about how I thought about my money. Um, We became a lot more scheduled and regimented about making sure we were setting aside money each month um, for college, um, for general savings. So it, it really sort of rocked everything financially for me. And I think it does for a lot of moms. And I think the good thing is that it can be a big motivator for changing habits for the better. One of the tips you give in your book is to use the app Aging Booth to age your face. Tell me more about that. I love this. Oh my gosh, I love this tip. So this idea actually comes from behavioral economics. It's really fascinating. The idea is is that the reason we're not saving enough for the future and especially for retirement, it's because we feel so disconnected to our future selves. So we don't even, we hardly think that that older woman who's going to exist in 30 years, we hardly even think she exists. So if we can get to know her better and feel connected to that future self, we'll save more for her. So I did this, I did this myself. I So there's an aging booth app and you can literally take a picture and age your face. It's a little scary. I did it to my husband, too, and he was quite appalled. But, yeah, you kind of realize, hey, I am going to be a 70-year-old woman one day. I should put aside some retirement money for her. And an interesting thing, too, is um, there's some other ideas aside from aging your face, which is just a super fun thing to do (laughs) on a Saturday afternoon. Also, just sitting down and writing your future self a letter, even just spending time with older women, especially in your own family, it gets you thinking that that future will come one day and you should save money uh, to prepare for it. How much does it actually cost to raise a child? Or is there some up-to-date data about that? There is. There's a, there's a figure that is widely accepted or widely cited from the Agriculture Department, which puts out a new calculation every other year. It's north of a quarter of a million dollars. And that does not include college. So that is just thinking about your food, your housing, your clothes, um, all that stuff. I mean, it's so much money. And in the early years, it's even more expensive. So for a middle-income couple, for a baby, it's going to be around $10,000 a year uh, just to care for that baby. So it's a ton of money, of course. And if we can save ahead of time before we have kids, that helps too. What did you do to prepare financially for parenthood? Or what would you recommend for others who are thinking about starting a family? Yeah. Well, one thing we did was we looked up how much childcare was going to cost because that's usually the biggest expense, either your own income going down because you're caring for the baby or 
the money you put into daycare or nanny, whatever you choose. So we checked how much that was going to cost. It was shocking to us. And we started saving for that ahead of time. So before we even had our daughter, we, um, you know, just tried to live more frugally so we could put those savings aside so we could afford it when it was time to first, I did, well, I, I took an extended maternity leave. So I had to, you know, fund that. And then because I gave up my income for a few months. And then also, then once I returned to work, putting aside money to pay for those really high daycare expenses. We're we're in the D.C. area, so I think it's something like an average of $20,000 a year just for daycare. So you have to definitely think about that and plan for that ahead of time. So we, we did that. We planned for that. And um, it was still shocking to see our income go down so much, all those expenses flowing out. But at least we were prepared. So it was a shock we could handle. Kim, what are a few of your best tips to help listeners build wealth and think about investing while raising a family? Yeah, I think the number one thing is to fully embrace. This is your job. This is part of your job as a mom. So you should set aside time once a month at least to really dig into these these planning issues because it's so easy to kind of say, oh, I'll do that, you know, next month or I'll start my college savings account next year. So just put on your calendar, you know, this Saturday you're going to sit down and just go through everything, check your mortgage payments, check your retirement savings, where are you, where do you want to be, and putting some time into that planning can be a life changer because it means that you're going to just start taking those small steps today that sets you on a better path for your family. You'll start automating those savings, managing those investments because, I mean, those little steps we take today will have a huge impact on where we are in 10 years, 20 years. So that's number one. And then just in terms of thinking about all those priorities that you just mentioned, I mean, they're all competing with each other. Do we save for retirement? Do we save for college? How in the world do we do both? So I think just, you know, number one, it should be your retirement because you have to make sure you you are financially secure. I mean, you're like the life raft of your family. You have to be secure and stable. You don't. You certainly don't want to be dependent on your children one day when you are in retirement. So making sure you're saving for your retirement is number one. And then after you take care of that and get on a good track with that, that's when you can start thinking about college savings. Consider opening up a 529 account so you get the tax advantages too. I personally like sitting down and just making a list of all these priorities. Just getting it down there can help you just be mindful of how you are going to prioritize and make sure that they happen. So that would be my advice. I totally agree that investing for retirement has got to come before saving for college. And that's difficult for many parents to hear because it may sound a little cold. But if you can secure your own finances first, you're going to be in a stronger position to help out your kids in the future. So you might set the expectation that you'll pay for a portion of college, but not 100%. Every family's financial situation is going to be different in terms of what they can afford. But if your finances are in a good place down the road, you could be in a really good position to help pay down a child's student loan in the future if he or she needed to borrow some portion of the cost of college. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Kim, tell us more about your new book and where listeners can find it. 
Thank you so much. So it comes out in the beginning of June, June 1st. Um, it's called Smart Mom, Rich Mom, and you can find it everywhere on Amazon and bookstores. Of course, I have my website, Kimberly-Palmer.com. So if you visit my website, you can um, download the free printables that go with the book. And yeah, I'm also on Twitter. Kimberly Palmer is my Twitter handle. I love hearing from people. So yes, thank you so much for having me, Laura. Oh, it's my pleasure. I've been following your work for a long time. You're a great writer. I encourage everyone listening to get a copy of Smart Mom, Rich Mom. Thank you so much, Laura. A big thanks to Kim for being on Money Girl. If you want to learn more about her, check out the notes for this show in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. This is episode number 447 called How to Grow Rich While Raising a Family. And that's also where you'll find the full archive of podcasts that predate what's available in iTunes or any other audio app that you may be using, like Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Spotify's mobile app. If you're getting value from the Money Girl podcast, I have a quick favor to ask. Please subscribe and take a moment to submit a five-star review in iTunes or wherever you get the show. Your reviews really mean a lot to me because they help the show stay visible so new listeners find us and get the financial information they need to be successful. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week, courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. Meet Janice. Unfortunately, her thing is sneeze attacks every time spring returns. I literally sneezed 40 times in a row once. (laughs) Luckily for Janice, at the Walmart pharmacy, she can get over-the-counter allergy relief for things like sneezing, runny nose, and watery eyes, fast with online pickup or delivery. No more suffering? That's nothing to (laughs) sneeze at. (laughs) I see what you did there. Help survive allergy season with fast online pickup or delivery from Walmart. Welcome to an easier pharmacy. Welcome to your Walmart. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.